Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The beer is cold and the wings are hot. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. This is a long season. Um, This is a very long season. Four and three, maybe not where we wanted to be um, at the beginning of the year, but we got a short week this week, um, and the games are going to keep coming. No reason to sulk into this one and turn one loss into two. Um, you know, we'll hit it on the plane, watch the tape on the plane, and tomorrow we're on to uh, the Tampa Bay. So uh, this, is, this is a long season. Um, and just make sure that you don't want to turn one loss into two losses, especially on a short week. Buffalo Bill safety Jordan Poyer. Nice little punch out late in that game uh, last night, or yesterday afternoon, I should say, in Foxborough. As the Bills fall to the Patriots, Dan Fates, 13 Web Sports, and BuffaloPlus.com joining us now in the sports bar. And Dan, to Poyer's point, I mean, it is a long season. There are some warts on this team, but, uh, you know, are we... Are we right in panicking at this point? Are we are we putting too much into what we've seen out of this Bills team through seven weeks? No, thanks for having me on, as always, guys. And no, I think it's I think it's appropriate to panic. I went to bed last night, um, wanting to feel better and hoping that I would feel differently about the Bills' offense. And I woke up feeling just as concerned and just as confused as to where the direction of this team is going. I know a lot of people like to say, "Oh, it was." one play or it was one thing and hey if you you know if this didn't happen then everything would be fine and we look at things differently it's not they played seven games they played four bad offensive performances that is more than half of their season so in my eyes and i was just listening to you guys opening segment it was great but danger you talked about you know they're not a bad team well bill parcell says you are what your record is and they're not a good team they're not playing like a good team i know they have injuries on the defense i still have more faith Honestly, that this defense will be a top 10 defense at the end of the day when they get Ed Oliver back and maybe Von Miller returns to his status. But to me, there is just no adjustments. Everything that we were concerned about offensively last year, the way that it ended, has been amplified through seven games this season. And this is now not Ken Dorsey's trial run. This is now what, he, what this team is. And what, what it is is it's just not a very good football team. 
Well, it, I, I don't know where to start here with the offense, Dan. Because <laughs> I mean, you could pick anything, Josh, the offensive line. I'm actually going to go with the receivers here. And I guess is what it receivers? well, right? Like not, they're not getting open, or at least you're not seeing separation. Wasn't that the whole idea of bringing in Sherfield and Hardy? So I guess is it more that, hey, you really don't have the personnel to do what you, what you need to do here and we overvalue? Yeah. Or 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 yeah, is it? Or, or are we going back to Dorsey on the play design here? Yeah, I just think it's play design. Like I, I was thinking about it again, and I tweeted out today. Like the Bills' offense is boring. It's a boring offense, guys. Like there is no creativity. There is no fun. There is no plays where you went, "Wow, that was cool!" Right? Like I know sometimes the Chiefs get a little too cute with it. Maybe even Miami, but they have fun and they're creative. And you go, "Whoa, that was cool." Or, whoa, look at that end around or that misdirection. Or, or you watch plays and they go to the replay and you go, that defender had no chance because he was put in a no-win situation. I even looked and watched Dan Orlovsky break down the Patriots game-winning touchdown to Mike Gusecki. Phenomenal play design. The way they lined up, they dictated what the Bills had to do. When have we said the Bills offense has dictated a defense? When have we said that? The one play I can think of all season long was the Hardy touchdown against the Giants, where I said, that was cool. Yeah. That was a great play design. And this, it's so annoying when people think like, well, just get open. Nobody's open. I'm fourth and two on the ball that Dawson Knox should have caught. Good hit, should have caught the ball, forced the turnover in the fourth quarter. That's a fourth and two play where nobody's open. Nobody's open. It's, it's two yards. You need to have your best play and nobody's open. And so Josh stays in the pocket, tries to find something. It turns into backyard football. Dawson Knox can't hang on to the ball. That's a bad play design by Ken Dorsey. Like, somebody's got to be open. And I took a screenshot. There's three guys within two yards, and then there's nobody else. Where is the other option? And it, it, it's just so frustrating when you say, you guys just got to get open. Do you think that Cooper Cup just every single time just goes, I'm going to get open? No, his, his offensive coordinator, Sean McVay, Puka Nakua, do you think he just always is, winning his individual battle? No, he's being drawn and schemed and designed open. Like, I just don't get why, like, it's just infuriating to me because I just see this offense as what we saw last year, third and hope Josh turns into Superman. And it's just not sustainable. So Dan, just on that Josh point that you just made, because I, I do think that there is something to his play this year that is different than last year. And that's just, he's not running the football. Like they've gotten into his head and they've told him to stay in the pocket or at least navigate the pocket and not run because self-preservation is key. Apparently when, mm-hmm. when you're a franchise quarterback, yet you watch him a Holmes or you watch a Jalen hurts and you see them when they evade tacklers in the pocket, they, they go and they make plays with their legs. They, they, get out of bounds or they they slide they don't take the extra hits that i know they're trying to get josh to avoid but is that part of the mental element of josh's game that's missing here too because you know yes you don't want him to you don't want it to be third and and have josh play hero ball third down and and forever where josh is playing hero ball but that element where he's being constantly pressured and not running with it and forcing things that aren't there has to be part of this I listened to, you know, Brian Dable last week, from the, you know, and he talks about how he can run it and he can throw it. And you hear, I remember listening to Wink Martindale when he was with the Ravens, just being like, he's a, you know, this guy's a freak. Like, you just can't take any, you know, you take one thing away, he uses the other thing. And I get it. And I agree, guys. Josh Allen should run the ball less, should protect himself. That was the talk this offseason, right? 
and to an extent, I agree. The problem is, is there's no backup plan. How are you going to an account for all that that brings to an offense? So you are now taking Josh Allen and tying both of his legs behind his back. And defenses now know, guess what, guys? Looked at some numbers today, tweeted it out, not like tough to track. It wasn't like I spent hours. Josh Allen in his career averages about 6.8 rushing attempts per game over his career. He is averaging 4.1 this year. Teams know that. We don't got to worry about Josh running. He's just not going to do it. So we sit there, and again, I was the guy last year saying, hey, you got to take the, the short throws underneath. You got to do these things. You got to take the cheese. Don't put the ball in harm's way. But you also have to take some shots. And this offense has become so predictable. And Dalton Kincaid in three-yard routes, he had a great game. I think that's really good. But you're not scaring any defenses. And defenses, to your point, Danger, we talked about bend but don't break. Eventually, the Bills will shoot themselves in the foot with a holding call or a full start or an illegal shift, and they'll go backwards, and then they're in third and 12, and they're in trouble. And that, that's how this Bills offense is. The reason that, like, uh, it's so great they have these eight-minute drives and 13, 14-play drives, it's not sustainable, guys. You have to have some chunk plays. You have to have defenses respect you. And right now, they can sit. They can take away some of the run. They know they're going to run it on second and two and play everything in front of them. You've taken away, you know, one of the things that makes Josh Allen, Josh Allen, his legs. 13 whims, uh, Dan Fates, also Buffalo Plus. And uh, I'm so a, negative today, guys. Well, look, look you're negative because you lost one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, Dan, despite all those problems on offense, you took the lead of the other, under two minutes to go. And I, naive, foolish me, right? It, this happens. I'm thinking, okay, that's good they got the two-point conversion because what's the worst-case scenario? We're going to go to overtime. Never did it cross my mind that you know, Mac Jones, and granted, it was a you know big run by Stevenson. What does it yeah. say about the state of the Bills' defense that that happened at the end of the game? And I guess we'll kind of start with wasn't exactly a pass rush out there on that drive or really any drive uh, during the game yesterday. No, and it's frustrating to me because I understand, like, I get it. There are injuries. You're missing Milano. You're missing Trey White. Um, you're missing Daquan Jones. Like, I get it. You still just got to get a stop. And, like, Micah Hyde kind of said that after the game. But it's frustrating to me where I think they got out-schemed. Like, this is where they got out-coached. And that's kind of baffling to me because this is not a good Patriots team. And yesterday should have been the time to kick the Patriots when they were down, to rub salt in their wounds, and to get payback for two decades of them dominating you. And I don't care what they want to say is it's Bill O'Brien and it's Belichick and they still get paid on the other side of the ball. That team stinks. That's a bad football team. And you had them, you had them at their 25-yard line with under two minutes to go, and you were prevented yourself from winning. Uh, there's no other way around it poor tackling, all these things. Um, it just doesn't make sense how the Patriots' offense was more creative and seemed to catch the Bills' defense more off guard than it was the other way around. And it, it's so frustrating when it, you know, people are like, oh, they played down to their opponent. They just let other teams dictate the play. We, we saw the Giants kind of pretty much move the ball up and down the field whenever they want, and New England was able to do that again. So it, it's concerning because I think that it, it's poor game plan coming in, um, as well as, you know, yeah, I'll be honest, injuries are something, but make a stop. 
We got uh, some news here. Breaking news, Danger. You want the sounder? Though? Oh, breaking news. Yeah, yeah of course. Ow. Yeah. Ow. Ow. It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. All right. So, Dan, your reaction to this. Uh, Tennessee uh, just traded all pro defensive back Kevin Byard to Philadelphia, and the Eagles are sending uh, a 2024 fifth and a sixth rounder. So, Look, I, th- I think the Bills, if they're really going to be contenders, I know Bills fans want, you know, and I didn't think there was going to be this many sellers, but apparently Tennessee wants to be a seller. And, you know, what should yeah. we expect? Because we're only eight days away here from the trade deadline. Yeah, if there is a move, I think it's I think it's on the defensive side of the ball. And, and partly it's because, you know, I've never been super high on Ken Dorsey. That's something new. Um but for everybody that says, go get this guy, you know, go get this wide receiver, go get Devontae Adams, go get Hunter Renfro. Why? And I'm not trying to, guys, I'm not trying to be like a Debbie Downer here. Like, I'm trying to be honest. I'm just looking at it objectively by saying, last year, you signed Naeem Hines and he played, what, eight offensive snaps? And we kept hearing, well, we just couldn't get him up to speed. It's tough to do that. You then got Trent Sherfield and Deontay Hardy and you had all offseason. And Sean McDermott last week on Wednesday was like, hey, guys, we got to figure out what we're doing. So where is my belief that if you bring somebody like that in or a running back, let's say in the crazy world, you get Saquon Barkley, where do I have any confidence that you're going to be able to integrate him and know how to use him in the middle of the season? Because you had all off season with Trent Sherfield and Deontay Hardy, and they can't seem to find their way onto the field as well as finding what Gabe Davis can really do on this offense. Like it's, it's understanding that like, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get what this offense is. A few weeks ago, they had won three games in a row. They were Josh Allen under center. They were play action. They were really good. And now they've just completely abandoned it. And it's a whole lot of second down shotgun draw plays for whatever reason. I'll, um, I'll try to, to give you a bright spot, Dan. You mentioned him, and I know that, that you know you talk about, and I'm with you on the Niam Hines, and, and I think we were saying it all offseason. When they drafted Dalton Kincaid, I remember thinking, you know, what makes you believe that the Buffalo Bills will utilize this kid to his strengths? Because we all see him as a great pass catcher, yeah. and everybody said he's not a tight end. He's a playmaker. He's a pass catcher. You could use him in the yeah. slot. All of the things that we heard about Dalton Kincaid, well, yesterday... Well, at least he had his best day as a pro. It wasn't deep downfield, but eight catches, 75 yards. He did get open, uh, and Allen was able to find him. Do you think that that's a glimpse of maybe a a scratching of the surface of what we could see out of the first-round pick? Yeah, Yeah, it's just so interesting because they've had so much um, success running the ball out of 12 personnel than what we all thought they would. And it's really because they're not – teams to some respects aren't really respecting Kincaid as a blocker. So like if he can turn into a uh, average NFL blocker, now all of a sudden you got versatility. Like Travis Kelsey doesn't block a ton, barely ever, but he can put his body in the way of people. Dalton Kincaid has got to add that to his game. Um, it was something that Dawson Knox worked on, but if you can add that so that defenses have to keep honest that, Hey, maybe Kincaid, this could be a run play as well. I think it'll help things out. But right now, yeah, I, I think, it's a little bit of a lofty expectation that he could be this Cole Beasley ass guy right now, but right now he's become a safety valve because nobody else has been able to get open besides Stephon Diggs. And especially as we've seen it in the playoffs and we know that New England does it, they take away your number one option. That is what the Bills or the Patriots have done all this year. They are a horrendous team, but they have taken away number one wide receivers. So somebody needed to step up yesterday. I thought it would have been Gabe Davis. It's not, it wasn't, it was Dalton Kincaid. And you start to see the feel 
He loves, he, I mean, I saw it at training camp. Incredible catching the football. Such a natural pass catcher. Unlike, say, a Dawson Knox, but you still have to evolve his game and, and create a bigger route tree because, again, three-yard catches, four-yard catches doesn't really instill tons of fear in opposing defense. Dan, uh, Thursday night, we got a game here. And I guess uh, part one of the questions is a good thing for the Buffalo Bills just to kind of get out there. But it's an opponent that, I don't know, like nothing is a given anymore. And uh, just the Uncle Dan standpoint here, because I brought up the danger earlier in the show. I'm like, wait a second. That just seems like too many points. Tampa Bay. Yeah. So is is that just the public just thinking that the Bills offense is still, hey, show up and we're going to roll people? That, that's how I see it, because a lot of people will still look at the numbers, still look at DVOA, still look at offensive success rate, which I don't understand what any of those numbers are, hand up, to be honest with you. I don't know what any of those things mean. I know the Bills are pretty good at all of those things, but what I can also tell you is that the Bills had seven points in the fourth quarter against Jacksonville, and they finished with 20-something. I can tell you they finished with 14 points, and you got the win against the Giants, so you were shut out into the fourth quarter. And I can tell you that you had 10 points against New England, who allowed 30-something points to the Saints. Like, there, but people see the end results. And it was, I tweeted out earlier this week, last week, was the fact of three games the Bills were really good. They were really good against Washington, against Las Vegas, and against Miami, when everything went right. The other three games, they've been really bad. Those, previous, those other games against um, the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets, 16 points per game. But you look at it and go, hey, they're like 20, they scored 27 points a game. Well, when you score 48, like it kind of skews the numbers. I think the public sees the end total. They see, hey, the Bills still scored 25 points against New England. Hey, it was a fluky loss. I think the, the, the public still loves the Bills. Um, I just don't think they're seven and a half points better than many teams right now. Again, all of this can change. I'm talking to you guys about how boring their offense is and how broken they feel. So week-to-week league, they still have Josh Allen. And I think that's the most frustrating thing to me is that we can sit here and critique this offense and say, well, you know, this is against them and this is against them. You have Josh freaking Allen. And like, he's really, really good. And that 30 other offensive coordinators would probably love to have him over the guy they have. So you can still put it together. You still have Josh Allen. But right now things just seem, as Josh said, very bleak. And I'm sorry to rain on everybody's Monday parade. Big eye test guy, Dan Fates. Throwing the analytics out the window. No DVOA here. We know what our eyes tell us. You're an eye test guy. We respect that, Dan. That's great. Yeah. I I just, again, it it goes back to when I made the the graphic, I go, I did points, yards, turnovers, things I can understand. (laughs) I don't know how to, it's like when it's a hard hit ball rate. What's that? What's the one? The, the, for baseball, it's like expected batting average off balls. I, I don't know. Like the, the ERA off expected. I, I don't understand those things completely. I understand earned runs allowed. I understand yards. I understand points. So, again, the Bills can turn it around. They've shown it in the past. Like, like Gene said, um, for something to me personally, it just, feels, it just feels a little different. Yeah, and it's a little earlier, too, here. This is happening in October where we've had those lulls later in the season. Dan, are you in favor of actually reseeding in the baseball playoffs? So if we get an NLCS that kind of feels like uh, the NLCS, I had to bring it up somehow to you, Bun. Yeah. Again, I think it's funny. Like, you know, the, obviously, um, I told you on this show, I said I didn't want, I worried about the Phillies. Yeah. And I was right. Like, they, they got hot. And they're a team that just, 
when, especially in the playoffs, they can just swing for the fences and the Braves didn't, they got hot. But I, I don't think you all of a sudden change anything. It's still an advantage to not have to play in the wild card round. I, I, I don't understand how much more you can really do. The better team has won these series. That, that's the bottom line. Um, and again, I don't think because you dropped back-to-back series to the Phillies and the NLDS, all of a sudden you blow up what the Braves are going to do. So we'll see. I, I can understand seeding. I think it's easy for the Dodgers and Braves and their fans to say, this isn't fair, all these things. Play better. Bottom line. Dad- don't throw... Don't don't throw meatballs to Bryce Harper in uh, in October. You said something there that is interesting to me. Do you really think that it is an advantage to stay out of the wild card round when you consider how much of a grind, how much of a routine these teams go into, and the idea that you have to shut it down for basically a week before you pick it back up again? I guess the only thing I could think of was if you make the wild card game one game again. If you if you make it one, you know, and like that's kind of tough for one of the divisions, you know, that that you'd have to play that. I, I don't know because. That's the only thing I can think of where you don't have to shut them down for, um, for a week. But look, the Braves tried last year to do nothing. They tried this year to simulate it with fans and scrimmages and all these things. I don't know. Play better. Max Scherzer going in Game 7 tonight. They couldn't come up with a better option there, Dan? That's just a twist the knife in your back. So that <laughs> when he shoves tonight, you guys are going to laugh. <laughs> No, no. Max Scherzer will like implode, and I will sit back and I will. It's evil smile. Mets fan over here, just wishing pain and agony on his former. Uh, his well, former all right, ace. all right, D- Dan. Are you not rooting for the Diamondbacks? Uh, where are your loyalties there? Oh, I couldn't root against the Phillies any harder. I couldn't. I wish. I. It, I it's going to be hard to watch that game because that place is electric. All of those things. Um, I would. It would, I just wish the Phillies would implode here and blow game six and seven in their bullpen because I think Rob Thompson got away with a bunch of stuff in the Brave series with just awful pitching decisions and the bullpen, and he paid for it in games four and five, pretty or games three and four, bringing in Kimbrell in just horrendous situations. I would love to see the Philly bullpen be the Philly bullpen we all know and love, but the way that Bryce Harper is, you know, just the epitome of a big game player. Like you're watching greatness when, when he plays in the postseason. Um, yeah. I, again, I love all the antics. I've been a Bryce Harper fan since he was 16 years old and things like that. I don't love the throat slash, if I'm being completely honest. I don't think that's an old man take, but he owns the Braves in the postseason. As of right now, though, Orlando Arcia still has one more uh, World Series ring than him. So we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, Dan, uh, short week for you, Mike, and uh, Jenna. What's yeah. going on at BuffaloPlus.com and 13 Web Sports this week as we get ready for Thursday night? Mike and Jenna just got back from Foxborough. They have their 10 takeaways from the game. Uh, it's already done like 25,000 views. It's a little therapeutic. It's a little hot takes. It's a good video. Um, they will also be back up at Buffalo tomorrow for the media day as they practice. And then the bills are off Wednesday. And then we are back to work, uh, back up in Buffalo on Thursday, guys. Yeah, up in Thursday. And you know what? We get a Sunday to do yard work or whatever it is. <laughs> Go get a pumpkin. Uh, Dan, appreciate yeah. you. We'll see you Thursday then. As always, guys, take care. There is 13 Wham Sports and BuffaloPlus.com's Dan Fates uh, sharing some thoughts from yesterday's loss in Foxborough, the Bills falling to the New England Patriots. I don't know what you're talking about. I got my pumpkins this weekend. Pumpkins carved, pumpkins ready to go. 
Halloween coming up uh, just a few, just just over a week from now. I'm ready. You still uh, the girls still carve pumpkins. They, still carve pumpkins. Uh, Traditions don't die in uh, our house, buddy. No way. We're carving pumpkins. In fact, they, the pumpkin seed roasting was going on late last night. We were. We oh, were pumpkin seeds are mm, yeah, way like, late. Yeah. So I do a little uh, like an Italian herb. T- the pumpkin seeds taste like pizza on one. I did an everything bagel pumpkin seed batch. I did scorch a batch of uh, sugar and uh, cinnamon. That that didn't turn out. So well. it's a variation on your seafood take. You like the seasoning or you oh, like whatever. You nobody likes pumpkin seeds. You like the the you seasoning, like the butter, the salt. Yeah, you like the yeah. salt and pepper, or you like the you know whatever you're sprinkling on it. Of course, it's just a vessel for the thing you really want, which is more more salt, more <laughs> cholesterol, whatever it might be. Absolutely, uh, appreciate Dan Fate stopping by. Uh, we'll talk more Buffalo Bills. Next hour, Ryan Talbot from NewYorkUpstate.com stops by with his thoughts of the Bills' loss uh, in Foxborough. We've got some takes on tap next in the sports bar. Yeah, so I went to the AFC standings and like, oh boy, <laughs> this is the reality. And when you look at these standings, I think it's also an indicator of really why you have to temper your expectations for next week. I'll explain. Also, proof that the Patriot way, yes. They won the game, but did you ever hear players running their mouth after a game? Um, I don't know if it qualifies as running their mouth, but this is interesting. Uh, what came out of the uh, Patriots locker room following their victory yesterday? I'm. Uh, I, you might not know this about me. I can be a bit cynical. Kind of. Have, yeah, you're kidding. Just I hope you're sitting down. Um, I have a, a conspiracy theory. It's been rattling around in my brain for the last couple of weeks. And I've been trying to figure out what exactly is going on here. I think I understand what's going on here. I'm going to share why I believe there's a player in the NFL who is lying about his injury. Ah. We'll get to that and more when we share some takes on tap next in the sports bar with I'll drink to that. If you want to jump on in, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a, a call, pull up a stool. Join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line at 866-4-FAN, 866-4326, award-winning barbecue from Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub. The new location, 135 West Commercial Street in East Rochester, goodsmokebbq.com. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 